0: The Stardust Tower is a magnifying glass into philanthropic minds. Here you could learn about female talent, the divine feminine, women's leadership genius, and creative energy. I hope you will step into each inside story with an open mind so you could yourself reimagine who you could be next. Please join me, Marina Nani, on the Stardust Tower podcast for Rich Human Magazine. Good morning. <laughs> we are broadcasting from London. Welcome to the Stardust Hour. We have Sudhir from India. We have Faiza and uh, amazing people in the audience. Next to me is Stanley, the Editor-in-Chief of Rich Human Real Estate Magazine from South Africa. And he is the... Moderator and the co pilot for the Stardust Hour today. We are talking about how to lead from the future, and we have an extraordinary guest. That is going to be interviewed and he's not necessarily somebody you might know, but definitely it's somebody you need to know. I'm talking about The Best Kept Secrets, but The Stardust Hour is a podcast and a platform for The Best Kept secret for people who are making a tremendous difference. The world deserves to know them better. The Stardust Hour is a series of interviews with people from all over the world, from across industries, from across generations. Today, we have the absolute privilege to introduce Mr. Rudy Page. Before we start the interview, I just want to explain how the Stardust Hour works. We are going to have a 30-minute interview. After the interview, Mr. Rudy Page might be able to join us in the clubhouse. And then he will take questions and answers. I will invite people on stage to share... On how you lead from the future. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MDN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencer, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operations to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine, or thinking to start one, the expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or follow the link in the episode description. I have the absolute privilege to welcome Mr. Rudy Page. Uh, Welcome to the Stardust
1: Hour. Good morning, Marina. Thank you very much indeed. I'm very pleased to be here.
0: Just to let the audience know that you've been pioneering the mastery of implementation for over 30 years. You created a different world, a different world of connections, of making meaningful connections, and you opened the the vault into the meaning of connection, creating a platform called Making Connections Work. The Making Connection Works is a process that blends cultural knowledge, marketing, management, communication, and policy implementation skills to achieve objectives within challenging, competitive, and politically sensitive environments. You are working on your books, and I feel it's never been a better time than people like yourself, thought leaders, and conscious influencers to step up into their own light and share their own stardust. Earlier, you heard uh, Michelle Teller from uh, NASA, uh, who was sharing with us the provenience, the, the true place from where we're all coming, and she was explaining and bringing scientific arguments that while we are saying, I am saying, you are stardust and seems a metaphor and maybe poetic and vague. is actually true. It's a scientific fact, because the atoms of your body were creating the cores of stars billions of years ago. And we should use this knowledge to draw closer to each other and share the joy and fear of our brief experience on planet Earth. Tell us about your background and
1: your expertise. Thank you very much for that, Marina. And in fact, I I really love the opening listening to the speaker because as she was speaking and being so descriptive and able to weave her personal journey in there as well as her scientific knowledge but that as a human being you know about climbing the mountains and what have you it it made me feel as I was listening she actually created a, a great environment for ideas formulation because as I was listening to her narrative it helped me think about other things as well I think it was really great to hear that. So a bit about myself and I I have I have just so that you know up front I have allowed a couple of hours for this morning so I'll be happy to join Clubhouse after we've spoken. My background my mother was born in Montserrat in the Caribbean and my father In Jamaica so both Caribbeans and I was born here in London so they would be known as the windrush generation so they came over to the UK in the 1950s and I call myself a survivor child of the windrush generation so I'm a child of the windrush generation grew up here in the UK and in terms of my professional background which you touched on earlier on So by profession, I'm a management consultant. My area of specialism is policy implementation. But I really began life in sales and marketing. And I've worked in a number of areas from selling hair products, beauty products, and and then a lot of retail-related activities. The substance to my work really comes from... Uh, a lifetime in fact over 40 years of knowledge experience and refining and ensuring wherever I've been that contributes to the whole picture so I take a very holistic way of looking at things even though there's clarity and consistency when it comes to implementation within any process and the sector doesn't really matter to me So you touched on the area of culture. I've done a lot of work in the creative and cultural industries, health health systems, community economic development, business support, and that's across different different countries as well. And so the building of relationships with individuals is really important. And I'm very much a values-led person. So the values of respect and inclusion regardless of somebody's background and status it's really important and i apply that in my personal as well as professional life in some of the work that i do
0: you have a unique ability to crystallize your knowledge uh, in a way that your community can can be inspired and take the next stage in their own journey the right decisions and action their their dreams i would say that you are the the um perfect avatar, the, the perfect conscious influencer. When you translate your knowledge capital into uh, content, doesn't matter if it's a post or, or a blog or a book, that content makes a huge impact. Our listeners will be interested to see how, how is a day in your life, in Rudy's life?
1: Right. And the good thing about this discussion, we, we can talk about the reality in the We've just been through the pandemic, and as we're working our way through it, so that's a really good question, because it's significantly different now than it was 18 months ago, and that, of course, is for all of us. It's uh, waking early and reflecting and thinking forward at the same time, and and I, I will th- think it's important to reflect on what what has happened in the last few days or what are the key points that are still in my mind from recent experience but I'm clear right this is what I've got to do this is the priority so I'm very much early in the morning thinking about these are the priorities today I really need I need to work through this list. I'm one of those people. I'm very much about working through an agenda. But at the same time, we must be flexible. Our mind must be flexible because an opportunity may arise. An unexpected opportunity may arise. Needs to be seized. But otherwise, I'm very much a person that um, I've got priorities. And I guess because I'm managing programmes all the time, so, these are ongoing. So, they've got tight time, timelines most of the time. So, I'm there responding to clients' needs as well. Most days are pretty much well laid out according to the work and the programs that I need to implement. But there's always, there's always room for relaxation and going to the gym and, and relaxing at the gym, most important. So I see that as an important part of keeping personal and professional stability is exercise and walking and thinking and enjoyment as well. And I think I think this way now, very much post-pandemic prior to the pandemic i i I think i took these things for granted
0: well (laughs) you are not the only one (laughs) so we had a lot of time for introspections and uh, prioritizing our um, commitments and talking of which (laughs) you recently been um taking on another responsibility, a huge one, being the UN Special Envoy for Commission for Women and Children Affairs for United Kingdom and Ireland. This is on top of many other responsibilities. Tell us what is the favourite part of
1: your current role? Right, thanks for that. Again, it All of this really relates to reflection, on reflection in terms of the pandemic, as I was saying. So I look back, I've always focused, my work has always focused about helping people through difficult situations. And and some of my professional work, particularly within the health system, has been about a term that I developed called all voices must be heard. And a lot of this work would have been in the sensitive, difficult areas where people didn't feel their voices were being heard within the system, within the working environment. And part of my role was to work out how their voice could be heard and how decisions made in the system would respond to that so that those individuals could flourish along with everybody else. And so at the same time, I've also, I've thought about in terms of my own mother, Esther Lee, and the challenges that she faced as a young woman in terms of achieving her potential, which sadly she wasn't able to do, but nevertheless she strove to do that. I believe with more support, uh, she could have, uh, she she probably would have done. So I understand support is important. That's why I really believe in mentoring. I'm always saying to people it's important to come from. Uh, a mentored group. So when this particular opportunity was presented to me through a friend, Madam Gina Asari, I, I thought actually, yes, it's really important to be involved in this one because it's women and also children. And as I mentioned, as a child of the Windrush generation, I also know from firsthand the difficulty of not having that full parental support as well. This particular role for me is uh, really important because it involves women and children. One of the key principles, just talking about children in the work that I do, particularly here and in the Caribbean, Jamaica in particular, is that what I say is that, um, as it relates to young people, young people need somewhere to go, young people need something to do young people need someone to show them how. And so the, the role of women is important for that to happen. And of course, it's even more important for us men to support women to do that. And that, and that, and that makes a family. And you can pursue those values and those goals Within any area of activity, whether you're working in a community, community economic regeneration, working in working with business people, it doesn't matter to me what sector. So that that's so this particular uh, role is important because <clears throat> it involves supporting women in terms of business support, enterprise development, maternal health and early childhood development, public health and wellness stem learning and it's really important in terms of learning and skills and of course we we talk about the 21st century skills which are the key ones being collaboration communication creativity critical thinking arts media all these all these sort of skills are essential for transformation personal economic transformation and we do live in a creative economy which is one where your ideas and being able to translate your ideas into economic value, and that economic value, you know, being being uh, a support for people in their livelihoods in their communities. And, uh, so yes, that that that's why this particular role, I think, is important. Also, what we've been able to do, we will be able to do with this particular. is that there are well-accomplished business people, men and women, women and men who've come to me and said that they would like to to support an enterprise like this as well. So that will enable us to create an advisory group or community of practice of individuals who are willing to support. So again, it's good for their personal and professional development as well. Because one one of my other roles is to uh, mentor people who, who want to be senior advisors, or go for non-executive roles. So I'm always encouraging people to take on these types of roles, to use their expertise to, one, it develops their non-executive skills, but also it builds the capacity of our voluntary groups and our charity.
0: Fascinating. Uh, You mentioned your mother, Esther Lee, and looking into what brought you where you are, I think Esther Lee Women Power, which Mm -hmm. is another project you, you are working on, is actually the core or sits at the heart of all your endeavours, of all your efforts to not only support other women, but also your adventure into human potential. Tell Mm. us more about Easterly Woman Power.
1: Right, so Easterly Woman Power. Again, I guess because of my my background in terms of implementation. So I, I look back on my my mother's life and I can see at all levels of the support that she didn't have and the type of support if she had had you know health-wise she suffered from mental ill health so in my mind then it, it makes sense to work hard within the health system. And that's why uh, I've done a lot of work around the maternity services. So I, I so I think of the, the importance of maternal health and early childhood. So, so Esther Lee and the thinking around that, the, the better support uh, from a system point of view that can be provided to women as part of their journey. And the journey being, and the journey for, Early childhood obviously starts before uh, the child is born. So I'm very much in terms of so, what is the support? What support can be given to the woman in her journey before the child is? And w- what is the role of the, of the system, whether it be the public health and maternity services or the other kind of support, in in making that journey more more you know, or more supportable in terms of being able to access the support that's needed so i'm very conscious about that all the time so also having entered the workplace entered the the environment the world of work then what kind of support is there for women who want to start their own business or they they, or want to collaborate or or they 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 work in organizations, complex organizations, and they want to work their way up through the corporate ladder. So what kind of support do they need? As I mentioned earlier on around coaching, coaching and mentoring, and and then being able to understand what the pathway is and having the confidence to seize the opportunities, take risks, you know, and most importantly, being able to collaborate, network with people coming from all different backgrounds and really be focused on the goal. But also at the same time, having done all that, still having the strength to, we say, pass the baton on to the, the next generation and enhance the community from where they've come from. So the, so the Esther League programme touches all those kind of values. And, it, and of course, it doesn't matter what sector it's in. Well, so we're cross-sectoral.
0: You are speaking so um, clearly about what connections could bring into somebody's life, and especially for women who are lacking the support, simply mm-hmm. because for hundreds of years women been considered to be homemakers and running their life around uh, their families instead of having their own life, their own chance to share their knowledge, their expertise with with others outside the household. And this is why we, at the Richmond Magazine Club, we created a private network, social network, for conscience influencers uh, outside the the clubhouse, where people get there, they share their their knowledge, they share their ethos, their values, they support each other. It is run as, as a business community support for accelerating your vision based on the fact that everybody i i talked to i mean the people coming to to our club i didn't yet hear anyone saying i don't want to change the world everybody wants to change the world and that makes them conscious influencers
1: absolutely we we all have to change the world we have to we have to make an improvement we've at the end of the day, we, we, we've, all we've all inherited and benefited to how the world is now. We accept that. So I believe we then have an obligation to improve the world. There's an old saying, every day is a reminder that we're all here to make it a better place.
0: Being an inspiration and a member of the private social network opened, for conscious influencers how do you like to to work with brands who wish to engage with you as um a conscious influencer
1: i just say this line touching on what you just said before out of that and a belief so i believe the best alignment for women is power so as you were alluding to earlier on so it's not just um that women should be just seen as homemakers and and then burdened with the bringing up of you know whatever the tradition may say that that's their role but they should they should be able to do all those things and still be aligned with power so that they can flourish and do the things that they want to do it's really important and i'd say that having two daughters myself two grown-up daughters as well but going back to your point about the brands. I'm always pleased to work and collaborate with other brands that, again, are willing to, who, who, they're authentic. And there's a term that we use. I have a business partner in where we have a range of hair products for both female and male. And I developed a program we call, we call it the, the Must Program, M U S T. So, I'm all because I'm always saying it's always important for communities when we do community economic regeneration. It's important to make products. You know, make projects, products, produce services. So we say make product, make products, and then the products that you make, you should use them. And the products that you use, you should sell them, and then you should train the next generation M U S T make, use, sell, train. So I'm always interested in products and services, brands, brands that are either products or service brands. And you know, and have those values that you know that they're willing, they're willing for the consumers of those products to be part of the supply chain, the delivery, the delivery system the economic value of the system but you know not just to see them as consumers and that's it and so that's really important for us and then and then that we can see really clearly also the social purpose yes economic value creating economic value is important but there's also uh, that social purpose that's going into con- contributing to transforming the lives of other people and communities, and particularly communities where they're operating in, and they may have a privileged position just because of legacy or just the way society's been traditionally organized. So I'm all, so we're always very careful in terms of that type of association. And track record is important as well, you know, because I specialize in implementation. So we're always talking about proven track record of achievement, and you can see that with many brands as well yes you can have slick advertising but you know look back at the you can look back at the track record and you can follow you can listen to what people say so in my world of consulting we we have a three step process so we talk, we talk about particularly if we're doing particular type of investigations read the policies observe the actions apply the remedies so it's not difficult to look at what the actions have been in the past, to see whether what people or brands are saying, whether they're authentic or not. And that's not to say people can't change it. You,
0: you dedicated your life to your passion for human potential and you've been a social advocate for impacting women, w- women's life, leading the future for their children. W- what drives you to change the status
1: quo? I'm driven. I'm driven to change the status quo. I like the way you put the question as well, because as I mentioned, being born here in the UK and being a child of the Windrush generation, so the Caribbean community, particularly here in the UK, have had had a very difficult time over the last forty years. Even though the community as a whole have done well, considering considering the environment that we were brought up in and our parents endured. So there's just something in me, having seen all that and, and being fortunate, as I said, to be a, a survivor child, I just think it's important to assist, having, having, made, having, made, having been able to carve away a pathway through to do the things that I've done over the last few years. So I just think it's really important. So that, that's, that's the driving factor. Yeah. So that's kind of the servant leadership, that the values and what I believe in, in that having been given the opportunity, then it's important to work out the best way that others then can benefit. And probably if they're willing to listen, understand the journey, it can be easier because of course we all live and learn along the way from our from the let's just say lessons learned I'll be positive
0: (laughs) from the lesson learned what what is your top advice for upcoming conscious influencers
1: yeah and that that's a good question and I I would say to them that there's two points that a, a wise man came to me once a few years ago and I was running an event, and he said to me, "Young man," he said that you have to you have to make a choice. You either want recognition or influence. And I thought, and I and I, I'll just leave that there because it's for every individual to think about that and what it, it may mean to them. And then the other point I would make would be it's important to to serve. To serve before aspiring to lead. To serve first, then inspire to lead. And, and, you, and the, influence, the influence will come from that, regardless of your background. So, again, you, you don't have to. So, there will be people who feel, well, you know, I haven't been born into any kind of privilege. Or I come from a community that generally feels ma- marginalized, whatever background they may have, for whatever reason. It, it, it re- that really doesn't matter. There, 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 is, there, is, there will be opportunities, and that depends on your mindset as an individual, it depends on the conceptual framework that you put together in terms of the way you think your own set of values, how you think about yourself and the community that you've come from and the cultural esteem that you ascribe to yourself, it's really important. And, and respect for the legacy and the society, but the community that you've come from, your parents, your grandparents, all those things are really important, I believe, if you, if you really want to become an authentic influencer. What
0: are the changes you want to see in the world?
1: I think that's quite easy, really. Is the reduction in inequalities. Simple as that. Reducing inequalities.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the Stardust Tower. Before we say goodbye to our listeners, please tell us where we can connect with you.
1: Right. So easy. I'm on Facebook, Rudy.page.ru- rudypage.98 on Facebook. Or you can get me on Making Connections Work. You can Google Making Connections Work or you can email me rudy at makingconnectionswork.com. Rudy R-U-D-I, at makingconnectionswork.com. I'm on LinkedIn as well.
0: Reminding our listeners that you've been speaking at the Self Leadership Summit and you had a very powerful message. That stays even now with a lot of people, inspiring them, motivating them, and uh, giving them the option to choose be- between waiting for a miracle and becoming a miracle. At the same time, I'm very excited that you accepted to be a speaker to the Game Changer Summit in September, 24 hours on Clubhouse. And uh, I would love to end with, with a quote that says, in a world full of game players, the only way to set yourself apart is to be a game changer. Mr. Rudy Page, thank you so much. Looking forward to hearing you again and creating uh, a new generation of conscious influencers together. Thank you so much. Thank you. Reminding our listeners, we are going back to Clubhouse, back to, to the Richmond Club. The mic is yours.